This is a Care Chronicles podcast episode with Eve Miller. All in all, if you're a senior in high school, I'm proud of you for, you know, just experiencing rejection and embracing it and growing through it. Um, and it's it's a, it's a really hard thing to go through, but it just makes us stronger. It really does. And it's good. It'll be good for us to apply this to our entire life. You know, rejection isn't isn't something that just goes away. You're listening to The Care Chronicles, a podcast about self-care, healthcare, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trisha Coyote. I'm a board-certified music therapist, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling. I'm also a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, many-water-sign forever student. Join me and guests on the show as we explore how we take care of ourselves and each other. Welcome back to the Care Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and Eve today over here on this little corner of the internet. I know there are lots of great podcasts out there, so thanks for taking your time to listen to this one. Today's episode with Eve is a wonderful conversation about the college application process, the um specifically music college application process with auditions and everything. And also Eve does a wonderful job talking about how she's kind of changed course even over the time of just her senior year doing this application stuff. So I hope you get a lot out of it, whether you're a young person experiencing the same thing or an adult guiding someone through this or just at a transitional period in your life. There are so many great nuggets of wisdom in here. So let's get into this conversation with Eve. Right, Eve. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. I'm excited we were finally able to connect because I know it's kind of been a while with our schedules <laughs> rolling and you've been up to some exciting things that I can't wait to hear about. Uh, I wanted to make sure I asked about it on recording, but for the listeners, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. My name is Eve Miller. I'm a current senior in high school from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I live in a suburb called Maple Grove. Um, And I am just, I'm interested in anything that any other 18-year-old would be interested in. So I play tennis in the fall. I'm um, involved in the musical theater program at my school also. And I enjoy hanging out with my friends and my family. Um, And I've just been you know, I've been facing that senioritis and that senior slide, but I'm just, just getting towards the end there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can, um, definitely remember how that felt and I've had, that'll come up again. I've had that come up again in life too. (laughs) 
Yes, it happens. It happens. And it's okay. <laughs> totally. Yes. Totally. <clears throat> so um, I don't know if this is jumping into your story too soon, but I know the last time we tried to connect, you were the same day you said, well, I actually have an audition that day. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, totally focus on that. We will connect another time. <laughs> so uh, if you want to back up before that, do that. But if you want to tell the yeah. listeners and even myself, I'd love to hear how that went and kind of what's what that's looking like for you now. Absolutely. So um, as a senior this year, I've been super um, busy with all my college applications. And an extra step for me was all these music auditions. Yeah. Um, and I I wasn't aware of how you know, how long this process would be, but I, I just finished this entire process like a few weeks ago Congratulations! and most of my friends, thank you. Um, but I, most of my friends had their decision made like months ago. And so I was sort of feeling like I was behind, but with all of the auditions, um, it was understandable why I, I it took me so long to make a decision. Yeah. Um, so Trish, I believe when we last connected, I was doing um, a college audition at Drake University in Des Moines. Um, And it was my first um, college music audition. So I was really, really Mm -hmm. nervous. Um, But it was such a great experience. It really was. And um, the music faculty was um, so welcoming and so engaging. And so it was really wonderful to meet them. And I feel so fondly about the uh, music program at Drake University. Um, And so going on from Drake, it was the whole weekend with my parents who drove eight hours so that I could go to Des Moines. And then we went right to Kansas. Um, and so at Kansas, I auditioned um, at Kansas University. And at Kansas, um, I was super interested in the music therapy program that they have at KU. Um, and it's just one of the most renowned programs. It's one of the oldest. It's one of the most prestigious. Um, and so it was a completely different experience that I had at Drake just because it was less focused on that performance piece mm-hmm. and a little more focused on um, my work um, as like a music specialist and my work through using music as a vehicle to help others. Um, and so it was very, very cool to see just a whole different side of, um, you know, the music world and just have a completely different audition and interview process at KU. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I was so, so impressed with the faculty at KU, both with the music studio and both um, on the music therapy faculty side as well. Um, and finally, my last audition was at Denver University, the University of Denver. Um, and this was the only audition, funny enough, where I couldn't actually go to campus. Um, and so I had to send in videos, which I'm, I'm very I critique myself on video just because I don't think that a lot of us like the sound of our voices on yeah. video, which is normal. Um, but I received an interview and I got my um, admission letter just a few days later. And I was so, so excited about the program here. Um, I believe they only accepted about like maybe 10 to 15 freshmen wow. coming in. Um, Congratulations. And so I was, thank you. I was so honored and so, so excited about the program. Um, and I'm actually at University of Denver right now, sitting in a in the library. Um, and I just committed yesterday oh, wow. to University of Denver. Oh, yes. what cool timing! <laughs> Congratulations, that's so cool. Thank you. Yes, so I'm I'm so excited. I toured the Lamont School of Music yesterday, which was so beautiful. And you just get a view of the mountains and the beautiful buildings and the trees, and it's just. It's stunning. So I'm excited, so excited to be here for the next four years. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I love too that you touched yeah. on 
how different each like audition process was. I only auditioned at one school. Um, Excuse me, but advice I always give people applying to school is to get a feel for what their mentality is, what like the energy Mm -hmm. is, what kind of stuff some schools gear more towards like very cognitive type training. Some Mm -hmm. schools gear more toward that improvisational music. And at 18, you might not exactly know, you know, where you want to go, but if you try a couple of different things, it will definitely give you a more well-rounded picture than someone like me who was just like, well, this is where I'm auditioning and that's where I ended up and it's all good. And like, I'm grateful for that. Um, But yeah, good on you for trying some different things and seeing what actually feels good for you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I think I learned a lot about myself through the process and what's important to me and um, a teacher and both like what's important to me um, and my colleagues that I'll be working with. Um, And I I truly have nothing bad to say about any of the programs that I um, visited and auditioned into. I think that all the music communities are just so welcoming. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. It's yeah. it's the music therapy community um can be very wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Everyone has their flaws. I can imagine yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, in general. Um, Go ahead. Great. It's interesting because last year and um even the years before I was so set on studying music therapy. Mm. Um and so I was uh, you know, I was sort of putting myself in this little music therapy box and trying to only apply to schools that have, a, um, you know, sp- like specified music therapy practice yeah. that they allow undergrads to be in. Um, and it wasn't until this year where, unfortunately, because the practice is so new, a lot of schools don't have it yet. And so um, I sort of just had to come at peace with that. Um, and I'm confident that, you know, at the University of Denver, they don't have um that specialized music therapy, um, you know, study practice here. However, I'm also dual majoring in psychology. So music therapy is absolutely still an interest of mine and I could eventually still get a master's Mm -hmm. in it, which is super exciting to me. So the flexibility is so comforting. um, And I knew that I just wanted music to be in my life regardless of whether it was music therapy or just a major in vocal performance. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so cool. So this is new for me. So you're doing like, psychology with a vocal performance you're kind of like doing that instead of like the specific music therapy route okay okay correct so and is that because the school felt like a better fit or like what led you to that decision ultimately yeah um you know ultimately I knew that I wanted to do something where I would be expressing my love for music for the next four years and being able to grow as a musician Mm -hmm. but I knew that I, I also know my value of um helping others and that's sort of how I've done I sort of used music to help others and in my past few years of high school um and I knew that helping others wasn't something I wanted to stop doing either mm-hmm. so I figured psychology and social work is probably a really good foundation to to you know um grow myself both like as a um as a helper as well and so being a dual major is going to be a perfect balance for me where I can still still have music in my life, but also still grow um, in my ability to help other people and communities. Yeah. Oh, good for you. That's such um, it can be really hard to let go of a vision you've held for so long. So that's, that's like, but you found something that felt better to you. And that's such a big step. And I commend yes. you for doing that. And so for anyone listening, who's like, 
you know, thought they were going to go for this thing. And suddenly they're like, I don't know. It's okay to change course. I (laughs) exactly, I'm in the process of doing the opposite. I did my undergrad in music therapy and I'm going back to school for a master's degree in counseling, uh, which is not uncommon. Wow. Like for anyone listening, you can do one or both. You can do, you know, find what works for you. And um, over time, as your practice grows and evolves, you'll be able to, um, to find a training that will guide you in that direction. So yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see where that takes you. Absolutely. And, you know, my mom always says that, you know, she's had years and years of um, in her job and she loves it so much, but she still doesn't know what she wants to do. And she says, that's okay. And I think it's okay for all of us. I I think that, you know, it's okay for us not to know what we want to do. And it's fun to experiment in new practices and new things. So yeah. hundred percent. 100% is like, what do you want to get into next about like this process and um, college applications and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I want to bring some attention to um, there, there is some real stress that comes out of the college process. (laughs) Um, I think that a lot of people think that senior year is just easy flowing and you're just sort of getting to the end game. Um, but truly, I think senior year um, is the time when I faced the most um, stress and the most, um, you know, un- like, it's just so unpredictable, mm-hmm. everything that has happened with me through the college application process. Um, and I want to normalize it for other young people like myself, who not only are going through the college process, but maybe going through a different transition in their life. Transitions are really, really scary, mm-hmm. especially when we've been like, I've been under, you know, the guidance of my like my beautiful parents and my wonderful role models in my life and so it's just been um very new to me to take this college process sort of on my own um and I'm finding this independence that I'm not so used to um you know I I I like to think that um I've been independent my entire life but it hasn't been until this year where I've truly seen myself um you know take take initiative when I need to and um colleges don't just want you you have to show colleges that you want yeah. them you really do mm. um and that's another hard thing is it's it's this feeling um of being not accepted or um feeling like you're not enough when you get these rejections um and especially through uh, you know the the word of mouth through social media I think that you just see a lot of um like positivity portrayed around the college process because you're really only seeing acceptances. Mm. Um, and um, I, I think that we, we don't really understand the impact of rejections. Um, and it's, of course, it's, it's hard to face rejections, but I, I wouldn't grow like I have if I hadn't received the rejections that I had from some, from some schools. Yeah. Um, and getting those rejections have just um, made me appreciate the schools that that did accept me. It made me appreciate them so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me learn what's important to me. Um, and it, it's it's a true um, it's a true test to self-esteem. It's like I just feel like it's been it's been so hard, but I also I wouldn't have grown if I hadn't experienced it this year. Yeah. 
And I think it's also an important lesson that I still remind myself of for a college application, a job application, an internship at any point. Like you said, you need to show that you want them and they need to show they want you. It goes both ways. But also it needs to be a good fit. And so anytime you're applying to something, it, it because you know this word application has this connotation of I am accepted or denied, but in reality, it is a dual relationship. So even though, you know, you are the one applying, if you get there, you get along the application process or something happens and there's a red flag and you're saying, you know, not really the right fit for me. Um, you can also give that denial. Like you don't need to wait for someone, Absolutely. someone else's acceptance. And I, I remember the fear when I was in your, your spot of like, well, if, if this one isn't part of like my pool of options, then my pool of options is smaller, which is true, but also a good thing. Cause you're narrowing it down to just the options that are a good fit yes. for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so all in all, if you're a senior in high school, I'm proud of you for, you know, just experiencing rejection and embracing it and growing through it. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a really hard thing to go through, but it just makes us stronger. Sure. It really does. Sure. Yeah. And it's good. It'll be good for us to apply this to our entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, rejection isn't, isn't something that just goes away. Yeah. Yeah, for many, many careers, but I'll speak I specifically in my music therapy training, uh, you have to do an internship, obviously. And I remember that process being like crazy. You know, everyone's applying to tons of internships. And uh, I heard of a lot more rejections than I did of acceptances. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things that it will come up again. Uh, and so every mm -hmm. time, if you can like give yourself grace and learn through the process and the next time it's not quite as, as hard. So yeah, you're right on with, with taking yeah. the opportunity to really learn from that and be proud of yourself for doing it. For sure. For yeah. Sure. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and so I'm glad that the universe spoke for me. Um, and I think it'll, it speaks for a lot of people. As yeah, well. good. Well, you seem so content where you've ended up. So that's, that's really great. Yes. Awesome. Maybe you can tell that I just made my decision yesterday and this weight has been lifted off my shoulders. So I'm still on this high of like, I just feel like a big breath has just been taken and now it's time to move forward. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to pull out that word decision because I feel like that's a huge part of it we don't always talk about either is if you have these options, like it's so much pressure to be looking at this. You're weighing the pros and cons. You're thinking about how this will affect you. There's like this, this lack mentality of, you know, if I choose X, I'm missing out on Y. Um, and I think the first thing I always remind myself of is there's no wrong decision unless you're in doing something that clearly doesn't feel right. That would be a wrong decision. But if you're looking at some good options in front of you, like there's no wrong decision. Wherever you end up is going to take you where you're supposed to be. So yeah, when you're finally able to get to the other side of that decision and then suddenly the path in front of you, you have a lot more clarity. Um, you can kind of anticipate what's coming, but yeah, that, that like decision is a huge checkpoint along the way. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Is there anything else about that process that you want to talk about or share or, um, where do you want to go next? Um, 
I, I think I've covered the, the college process. I would love to talk a little bit about my job, which is the thing that brings me most. Yeah. Um, so for since I started high school, um, or actually I'll go back a little further. Um, when I was 13, um, I had my bat mitzvah. And um, having this, I was responsible for coming up with this um, like service project slash fundraiser. Um, and so I was just sort of struggling to figure out what, what I wanted this to be. Um, and at this time, I was also just growing my love for music. Um, I had been taking voice lessons for the first time that year. Um, and so I started thinking and um, my parents um, were making suggestions to me and then we the three of us sort of thought about this idea of music and how much I love it and how much um, I want to use my, like my love for music to connect with other people. Um, and so when I was 13, it was the first time that I'd gone to um, a memory care facility. Um, and um, I just, I sang a few songs and it was, it was such an impactful experience. Um, I, I sort of went into it thinking that it was going to be like a recital or a performance or a concert, but I came out of it sort of thinking that it was a gift mm -hmm. for, for me to do that, but it wasn't just a gift for um, the, the residents that were receiving the music, but it was more so a gift for me, um, which is through the impact that I received at, at the young, ripe age of 13. Um, I had, you know, I think that I was a little scared of um, the, like, I was a little scared of the idea of going into a memory care facility um, at 13 years old, but I think that it was a really powerful experience um, for me. And yeah, so when I was, that's what I did when I was 13. And after my bat mitzvah, I decided that that wasn't something I wanted to stop doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided to continue taking voice lessons and I was also super involved in musical theater at the time. So that's sort of how I was using my love for music is for the performance aspect. Um, but like, uh, I think eventually I realized that even more so than the performance aspect, I loved the connection aspect of music. Um, and so um, after I sort of stopped doing musical theater for a while, I started seeking out other ways for me to share my love for music. Um, and I did this through going to a few different memory care facilities um, just locally. Um, and again, it was just more of a um, like concert performance that um, I just felt good about. And I, I just did like a set list of songs. I would come there, I would sing for an hour, and then I would leave. Um, and, you know, I, I felt fulfilled doing this, but I still felt like there was a little bit of something missing in my experience. Um, and it wasn't until I met my best friend, Peggy, um, who, until I realized that it's so much more than the music. Mm. It's the relation, it's the relationships that I was able to create through my love of music. Um, and Peggy was such a special woman in my life. And she was like Burger King's number one fan. And she, she was like no old lady I've ever met, seriously. She was so cool, so, so cool. Um, and I, it, you know, I was, I, I was still like 13 or 14 and I was going to this nursing home every single day or every, uh, once, once a day, once, well, sorry, once a week. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> once, a, once a week, every Sunday. Um, and so I would go visit Peggy and I would 
first I would sing and then I would go p- visit Peggy. And I, I started feeling a lot more fulfilled after I left, mm-hmm. knowing that I was able to not, not just share my love of music, but share this such a special relationship to me. Um, and Peggy was such a good friend to me. And I think I was such a good friend to her also. Um, and I made her, I made her young. I feel like I made her feel young, but I think that she made me feel even more young than I made her feel. Seriously. She, she had, she was such, such a like techie and she had a smartphone that she would text me on every day. And it was, it was so, so, so fantastic to meet a woman like Peggy. Um, unfortunately, Peggy passed away just, I think two years later after I first met her. Um, and it was, of course it was, a grieving experience for me. Mm. Um, and it, it was, it was so sad to see someone that I had so much love for and so much care for just go away. Um, and the, the other thing that I want to bring some attention to is as a 13 year old, friendships are really, really hard and they're really fleeting. And already I was dealing with some friend issues at the time um, and sort of just experiencing middle school drama and not feeling I fit in, like I would fit in or anything like that. But Losing Peggy was a, a whole different type of friend loss um, mm-hmm. that I had never experienced before. Yeah. And um, it was it was so big for my little 13-year-old heart to handle and for my brain to go through. I I like I think that I didn't quite understand the concepts of death even. Um, it was I, I had been going to see Peggy for two years once a week, and then it just I just stopped doing that. Um, and her family was so fantastic to me. Um, and it was it was great to reconnect with them after she passed and share my memories with Peggy, because I think that was helpful for both sides. Um, mm-hmm. But to this day, I think Peggy taught me a few different things. I think the first thing is she taught me um, this different perspective of grief. Um, Peggy was a woman that... Um, lit up every room she walked to and she was a little sassy um (laughs) but I loved that about her and so did everybody else um but she taught me that it's her loss was she I think that she wanted it to be more of a celebration of life Mm -hmm. and through through meeting with her family and through looking back at our texts and our pictures um I started to feel a little less sad um, and a, a lot more privileged and honored um, and rewarded to have known someone like her. Um, and to the to this day, Peggy is so so she holds such a strong part of my heart. Um, and she she is the reason that I continue to go back to memory facilities today. Um, and she is the reason I continue to try and culminate more relationships with more of the tenants that work or that live at the places that I work. Um, And so uh, I have a lot of my best friends are over the age of 80. And I think that makes people laugh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to me, to me, I think it's, it's such a gift to know people that are able to give me their wisdom and are able to share their life experiences with me. Um, And I also think that it's a gift for them to be able to hear about what's going on in my life. You know, how, how did the football game go on Friday night? Um, you know, how did my tennis match go? Um, and like, how was the, how was my prom? And so I think that sharing both of our experiences in the relationships that I have um, is, 
is, is such a gift for both of us. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm more than grateful for, um, for that life teaching that Peggy gave me at such a young age where, you know, it's, it's less about grief and more about the, the celebration of life. Mm. Um, and so I currently work as um, a music specialist and activities assistant um, at uh, another um, different memory care facility um, in my city. Um, and it's it's a little different when I'm actually getting paid to work somewhere where I'm creating relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like I was sort of going to come out with it with less less of that feeling of reward from the relationships, but more of a feeling of reward from my, my weekly check. Mm. Um, but that, that is absolutely not the case. And I was so happy to find that that wasn't the case because knowing that music therapy is something that I'm interested in doing one day, it's not about the money. It's not about the materialistic things. It's about the relationships. It's about the connection. Um, and I continue to feel that way, even as I work at this, um, memory care facility. Um, and, yeah, so I, I am more, th- more than privileged and more than honored to be working in the place that I do as an as this 18-year-old. Um, and I was so I was so lucky to be able to give in, to be given this opportunity. Um, still at a pretty young age, I think. You know, my co- my coworkers were maybe a little hesitant about working with someone who was 17. Um, but again, in in the field of music therapy, I believe age is just a number. Mm. Um and I think music can can make an impact and can leave an impact from anybody, no matter how old, no matter how young they are. So that that's what I've taken away from my experience. Yeah, oh, I love that. This is something that as music therapists, it's this catch-22 where it's we, we don't own music. Um, and it's important to remind ourselves that we don't own music because sometimes we can get so protective of what we do mm-hmm. because it's so hard to explain. So, you know, if someone says to me, what is music therapy? Um, and I, you know, I'm explaining it to them. And in that process, it's like you have this like ownership of music, but it, it's important that we share it with other people, with other experiences Uh, with other levels of training or other types of training. One of the important distinctions for anyone listening, this is an important advocacy thing, is that as music therapists, we also are trained and put a lot of thought into the potential harm that using music can do. And so that's like, I know in my state, we're working towards legislature and that's something that's, we're really trying to get the, uh, the governing bodies to, to acknowledge that yes, you can have someone in high school come in and do beautiful music activities. Um, but as we get deeper and do more with the music, there is that potential for harm and we need to be aware of what that can Mm -hmm. be. So for anyone who, um, needs, an advocacy statement or wants to learn more about that. I have a whole episode about music and harm, um, but we do not own music and there's so many other beautiful things that can be done with music. I love what you said about um, as time went on, instead of like being sad in this grief and loss, being like just really honored to have known this other beautiful soul in this lifetime and gotten to experience them and share your experiences together. I think that's so beautiful and um, an important stage in the grief process. 
that I don't know that we always touch on in that way. So I love the the words you used to express that. Thank you. Absolutely. So obviously, especially this past year, you've had a lot going on. You've been finishing high school. You've been applying to colleges. You've been doing this, this job where you're like taking all of your skills. And also there's a huge emotional component. How are you balancing that and taking care of yourself? Because I know <laughs> I did not even hear the word, the term self-care until I was in college in a, a class. Uh, self-care was not a thing that was discussed. It was not a huge industry. I thought like, oh, I obviously do that. And I, spoiler, I was not taking care of myself in any sort of way when I was your age. Um, so how are you doing that? Do you have advice or tips or what do you do? That's, that's such a good question. <laughs> and I, I love that question because it's so important. You know, so many, like, especially as a senior in high school, I know that so many people are just trying to build their resumes and like doing so many extracurriculars and all these things. Um, and of course, like, I, like I'm a tennis captain and of course that looks good on a resume, but I, I play tennis because I love it. I work as a music specialist because I love it. There's nothing that I do besides maybe taking an exam in school. <laughs> there's nothing I, there's nothing I do in my day that doesn't bring my joy. And that's how I care for myself. Even though there's this sort of sense of responsibility in the things that I do, um, where I know that, you know, there, I, I hold a role where, I'm expected to be there on time. I, I'm expected. I'm expected to stay there, um, and I'm expected to, you know, be a leader in some of my roles as well. But what I have to remind myself is that there has never been a day where I walk out of the nursing home. There has never been a day where I walk out of the tennis court or the choir room where I don't feel fulfilled. Mm. And I knew. I knew that if there was a moment where I didn't feel, feel fulfilled, that maybe there was some um, decisions I needed to make or reconsiderations I needed to do, um, where, you know, there, there's been multiple things in my life that have sort of, I've lost joy for, um, but I, I have recognized that and embraced that and understand that, you know, I, I can't be everywhere all at once. Mm. Um, and of course there's things I'm interested in, but the things that I spend my time doing every day are the things that I want to spend my time doing for the rest of my life. And again, the reason I want to do all these things, I don't want to play tennis, like as I don't want to be a professional tennis player. I don't want to be a professional singer, um, but I want to be a professional connector. Mm. The reason the reason I do everything is because of the relationships that come out of it. Um, I play tennis because I love the people that I play tennis with. Um, and I work at the nursing home because I love the relationships that I have with the tenants who live there. Um, and my self-care is doing things that I love. And it just so happens that I'm lucky enough to be able to um, be hired into a place that I feel so happy in. And I'm lucky enough to go to school in a place where um, I feel like I've, I have very healthy relationships and I have very strong relationships. Um, and especially going to college next year, it's going to be very, very new in a whole, in a whole number of different ways. But I think um, 
the biggest thing is I, I've been so secure and so I just feel so healthy in the environments that I'm in at home. Um, and so it's scary, but I, I'm confident that because of these experiences that I've had, I will continue to find ways to do things that I love in college. Yeah. And that's why I'm studying music. That's why I'm studying psychology. Um, and that's why I chose a school where there's there's so many different like clubs and organizations that I can be involved in. Um, and I've seen that with all of the schools that I've applied to is um, they just, I think that they set up students for success, not, not just academically, not just as students, but more so as people and as human beings. Um, I still don't know what I wanna do. I, like, I still don't know um, if I'm going to end up with like a bachelor of music in four years. Um, but I do know that no matter what I do, there's going to be happiness out of it. Mm. That, that's how I care for myself is doing things that make me happy. That's the short answer. Yeah, I love that. I also love that you said, if something's not making me happy, like then I can let it go. Uh, Cause that was another lesson that I didn't learn into college to, to be able to acknowledge that something's not making me happy and I can let it go. So good on you. You're, you are ahead of the game for sure. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we do the rapid fire? Rapid fire. Oh my gosh. That sounds scary. They're all questions about you. <laughs> do not be intimidated. <laughs> um, no, I think we're ready to move on. Okay, cool. Um, so the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. First one's kind of like a warm up. Okay. okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee all the way. 18. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Ooh. Right now I'm going to say early bird, but ask me again next yeah. year. I might have a different answer. <laughs> we'll see. It depends <laughs> on what time your college classes will start. For sure. Your favorite way to take care of yourself. Mm, I love, um, I love nature. I love walking outside. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like Denver is the place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Your favorite way to take care of others? Music. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Something that's currently adding value to your life. That's another good question. Um, my parents, mm. they're amazing. And they've been so fantastic through this entire, entire process. So if you're listening to this, mom and dad, thank you for everything you do for me. And Josh, that's my older brother. Yeah, I'm sure they are listening to this because they sound very supportive. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Something you would tell your younger self. Hmm. I think I would tell my younger self um, to do things that bring me joy mm -hmm. at all times. I know I've touched on that. Still important to hear for sure. All right. This is a tough one. So take time to think about it if you okay. need to. Will you please reintroduce yourself without using any words or terms that describe how you take care of others? So nothing like sister, caregiver, teacher, nothing like that. Just who are you? Okay. So you're asking about like my person, like me personally, or yeah. like, 
introduce okay. yourself. Okay. Um, I am Eve Miller. Um, I am a 18 year old from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Um, I am a lover of coffee, as I just mentioned. <laughs> um, and I am a lover of music and I'm a lover of, um, I'm a lover of what music does. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question is where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yes. Um, I know that I included my email and my Instagram on my biography. So, um, if you're interested in connecting with me, I think they're there. Um, and I would say that's probably the best way to connect with me. Yeah. Cool. I will have everything linked, of course, so people can follow your Great. journey. I know I definitely will to see where the <laughs> next few years take you. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story and, and being vulnerable, letting people hopefully feel seen as well and normalizing the whole experience that, that young people go through uh, that doesn't always get yes. highlighted. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pre pleasure talking to you and I love your podcast. So I am so honored and privileged to be featured on it. So I'm so excited. so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned a lot. If you're experiencing similar things to Eve, I hope you feel seen and that this whole thing, this whole process of applying to college and making big decisions and doing music auditions and trying to decide what you want to do and when you want to do it. I hope that this conversation normalizes that for so many of you who may feel like you're alone because you're not. And there are so many times in life when um, you'll likely experience similar things, whether you're applying to college or internship or jobs or a promotion or whatever it may be that that process of putting yourself out there, aspiring to do something, trying to gauge if it's the right fit. You have all this ambition and these big dreams. Sometimes they don't turn out the way you think they're going to, but you always end up exactly where you're supposed to be. So thanks for ending up here with me today for listening to this show. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.